Hey there fellow geeks and nerds, Gareth here. Just a reminder before the show starts that we are accessible on all the usual social media haunts. Facebook, you can find us on facebook.com slash thegeeksjournal. Instagram, at thegeeksjournal. Twitter, at geeksjournaluk. The Geeks Journal is available on most podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you get the picture. So please, feel free to share and recommend to anyone you think might enjoy it as much as I hope you are too. If the moment should take your fancy, leave a little comment or review. Apparently it helps. I have no idea how, but apparently it does. Thanks for sticking with me through all the boring spiel. And now, on with the show. Greetings and salutations, fellow geeks and nerds. Welcome back to the Geeks Journal podcast, the rewatch podcast where old friends reflect on films from their past and see just how well or how badly they've held up along the passage of time. So this episode, we're revisiting a movie that probably didn't even age well at the time of its release, the 1997 culmination of a franchise that started the marathon strong, but then sprained its ankle leaving it to be shot in the face like a lame horse let's be honest they fucked it (laughs) batman and robin now before i get a little any further i just want to say hello to the collective for joining me this evening lee ollie and damien hello 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 listeners if you think we're sounding a little cagey at the moment is because that we've switched from uh from zoom to discord for the purposes of the uh, recording remotely and we've had some teething issues uh, this evening and we're all a bit it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine it's all gonna be good pray for us listeners uh, <laughs> so this was it like like in 2010 empire movie magazine which is a, a publication that i've held dear for a number of years uh voted this number one as the out of the 50 worst movies ever now listeners uh, the story of this movie it uh, fuck do you know what? Fuck it. I don't really even know what the story is of this movie anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's it's disjointed, it's nonsensical, and while I do not reject subjecting ourselves to watching this as part of the season of The Lemon this year, I desperately wish this movie would leave my brain. God's honest truth. Like, it's interesting, I, I mean, like, for me, like, 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 this was a cinema viewing for me. It's, it's always kind of, it's... It, <laughs> It's like you get older and then you realize, oh wait, my brain was just hadn't finished developing yet. <laughs> this was this was bad. This wasn't this wasn't okay. There are so many questions. There are so many aggravations, and I can't wait to get into it. But I mean, let's just do a round table quick just before I get through a, a few other details and we crack on. I mean, uh, like Lee, starting with yourself, what about you? Where did where did this land for you in in, in history? Uh, so I first saw this, unfortunately, at the cinema. I, I contributed to its box office haul, which I'm sad to say. Um, yeah, I, I vaguely remembered some scenes. Uh, I vaguely, I don't remember hating it back in the day. Um, maybe not so much now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where it stands. With it's never really stuck much in my mind other than the sort of obvious memes and tropes that crop up in modern day but yeah yeah it's geez yeah and i saw this at cinema and never again since until today 
Oh, my word. Ollie, what about yourself? I did see it at the cinema, like Lee, and yeah, we perhaps wish I hadn't, so I could have contributed a bit more to its downfall. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, like like Lee, I I think I did really enjoy it. I mean, I... Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you I said you liked I, it. No, I said I didn't hate oh, okay. it. That's the you difference. Didn't hate it. Oh, okay. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the way, yeah, Gaff, in the way you put it, like not fully developed and like our taste hadn't fully developed and our knowledge and understanding of everything hadn't like we, we were fully idiots, rounded. Let's be honest. So, well, yeah. yeah. So perhaps we were just... We were like Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone in scene-type costumes. <laughs> Sign us up. <laughs> I mean, I oh, think was... to be fair, Uma Thurman was, was pretty much an awakening for most people of our age in that film. That's probably the only <laughs> good thing to come out of that film. We had a great, like, when you think about it, the 90s was a crazy time for us getting into our teens. We had this. We had Famke Janssen in, 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 in Goldeneye. It was a weird time to be a teenage boy in the 90s. There was some crazy shit going on. <laughs> Sorry, Ollie, I cut you off. There. It's okay. I kind of lost my, like, train of thought there. You thought about Uma Thurman, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe it was, <laughs> it was a movie. It's a, it's a little bit like when we discussed a daredevil you know we were kind of we were really excited about like the the onslaught of like superhero films and what was possible and to, to be honest the the batman anthology which came before it was mm. really good and set it in good stead you know <laughs> batman and Fr- batman no it did lee don't go no, no, laughing just, at that it's it just did. the way it sort of you know it's just the way it's like, yeah, it, was, it, it could it could have been so good and then yeah, this and then, this steaming turd yeah. came you know, out even like, I know a lot of people are down on Batman Forever, but I I thought it had some really really great points behind it. It was a little bit shaky, but you didn't expect to get Batman and Robin after Batman Forever, and I think that's what really, yeah, in hindsight, is yeah. really disappointing. Well, it, it it's interesting because and Damien, I'll come to you in a sec, but it's interesting that you say that, Ollie, because there was one element in this movie that I did not realize was. There's one thing in this that is not in the rest of the movies, and that was that Tim Burton was not involved in this movie, whereas he was a producer. (laughs) (laughs) He was a producer on Batman Forever as well. Which would explain why it's still darker and brooding. It has the mood that continues, and it has the aesthetic, whereas... Now we end up with this more like 1960s uh, pow wham campy yeah. version. But and this and I'm going to come back to this a lot through the course of the episode. I have zero doubt, and that is like Joel Schumacher. And I want to take a minute to talk about Schumacher's work. Like this guy didn't fall off the back of a banana truck. You know, he's not any stranger to directing movies you look at his body of work before this like this is a man that gave us the lost boys right saint elmo's fire flatliners during the 80s and even into the early 90s has an amazing body of work even into the 2000s what i would i would say though is that he was a big like music video director and i i just get the impression that he tried to like translate that world into this a little bit too much it everything's about the set pieces and the scenes 
I thought you were going to say he was just a big fan of oiled torsos. <laughs> well, I'm going a slightly different route with this, Ollie, because for me, it's not about the fact about, about like style over substance in that respect. It's almost as though he decided that what he was trying to do is that he was trying to recreate like Batman 66. He was trying to put Adam West and Burt Ward on the big screen in that tone. But the thing that he did not realize in doing that, there are only two people that you should actually get doing Adam West and Burt Ward on the big screen and that is Adam West and Burt Ward the tone of that did not need to be made and I think like that, that he, I think like he has that mix right in Batman Forever just and then it's almost like he, he just reaches this apex and then falls off the edge of the mountain his intention is clear it's just unfortunately badly executed and the trouble is is that the leads i was going to touch on this later but i'll get into this a little bit well, perhaps now we should let and talk about it later damien like share his, yes, his past yeah. experience yeah. as he swigs from a strong beer we know yeah <laughs> for the benefit do of the listener what? do you know what i thought very long and hard i cannot remember when i first saw this this is the second time I've and it better be the fucking last time I see this film i said <laughs> <laughs> i cannot remember where i saw it the first time it uh, I thought, don't, don't, don't try and dredge it. Don't, don't, no, don't go down that rabbit hole. So, and, I thought, and this is the second, and it better to Christ be the last time I see this train wreck. Oh my God! If I could have torn out my eyes, I would have done. I mean, I mean, seriously, I, like part of me actually, honestly, thought that this would have been really good to do as a as a same night watch along, like we did with Star Crash. But the trouble was, is that given the amount that I drank during that movie. <laughs> Uh, doing the same for this travesty might have resulted in the requirement of some sort of transplant or or, or, or stomach pumping. I think it was just like I'm not gonna lie. Like like, like I watched this with with Re on our you know like Saturday night takeout movie night, and I had, I had a bit like I was already two beers in by the time I started this. I just thought I can't, I can't, I can't. I got to do this. Let's do this. And do you know what? I was very glad I did um, because it was it was. I said this last episode. This was this was tough. This was uh this was a this was a tough watch. And yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get let, let let's start this crazy ride and get into it. I mean so the first like like the first thing, like the like the opening credits, keeping in mind like this is probably like the the first one that doesn't open with a cold open. I don't think there's one in I don't think Forever starts like this. What does it? I can't remember. I couldn't tell. You. Not that it matters. So it's like that little mighty pun as well. Like cold opening. <laughs> hey, well, of which there will be oh, many no. as we go along, let's be fair. But interesting that you say, like, in a connected response to that, that in a movie that has Batman in the title, <laughs> it is not called The Revenge of Mr. Freeze, it's called Batman and Robin, and top billing for this movie is... Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Mr. He's Freeze. Barely in I it. mean, let's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you say he's barely in it, but does he have more screen time than George Clooney? Absolutely because not. Because when I finished watching it, I was like, it did feel very thin on the ground with Batman entirely. But he filmed. I think that's because George his... Clooney doesn't exactly leap off the screen. Yeah. No, I know. But he there is, is a fair Batman. bit. There is a fair bit of Bruce Wayne, though. But it is the most. Yeah sappiest softest like bruce wayne we have ever come across the la- you can say lamest it's fine i mean it's a shame because i honestly reckon that like if you put george clooney as batman in a more 
well-executed concept, I think he would be quite a good Batman. I think he would be a lousy Bruce Wayne, and he was a lousy Bruce Wayne, but I think he... Like, the, like, literally, the only person in that kind of period of time of that franchise that they had created, the only person that did any justice to that whatsoever was Keaton. Let's be honest. Like, like, like Michael Keaton absolutely rocked the shit out of those movies. Val Kilmer was a really good Bruce Wayne, mm. not as good as Batman. George Clooney, pretty good Batman, not a good Bruce Wayne. They just couldn't. It, it was almost as though they couldn't get the balance right. I read this at the time, and I had to go and recheck it to see if I hadn't imagined it. That he, George Clooney, only got the role because they drew a cowl over a picture of him. I mean, that looks good. That is the only reason he got this job. Some they drew a picture over his headshot of the cowl. I read somewhere that Joel Schumacher chose Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy based on a cover of Vanity Fair that she did. That's probably, that's probably, but. Jesus Christ. Oh, that, hey, high bar here. <laughs> oh, just, just absolutely crazy. Didn't Arnie film his part in like three days as well? Like he was, yeah. he was like six days yeah. on Chris set really like No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was, it, it was a few, it, like it was a few weeks yeah. apparently. Chris O'Donnell said that they were never on, on screen together. Even though there are multiple fight scenes where they're in, but they were never yeah, together. Yeah, it's like a stunt yeah. guy, isn't it? Yeah, in the they were suit. never there together. I mean, well, you know, Lee, you, like you mentioned about the suit, lest we forget like how this movie actually opens. Now, where we actually go through the the costume change, the now I oh, would fuck hesitate to say infamous costume change with the gratuitous butt shots, gratuitous butt, butt crotch nipples. I like I don't know where to start here, but I'm going to try. I mean. <laughs> What, uh, one thing, an interesting thing that I read was that Chris O'Donnell, it took Chris O'Donnell four hours a day to get in that suit. Oh, yeah. And that's not, that's, that's, that's Chris O'Donnell's one. That's not like Clooney getting into the bat suit with the cowl and all of that jazz as well. Which, oh, like, I just watch these movies now and I just say, how did they, how did they function? I mean, I, I mean, like, it's tragic. Like, to anyone, I, I mean, I touched on this before on the show, but like, to anyone that has not watched the Val Kilmer documentary, watch it, end of... But he actually talks about Batman Forever and the making of it and how disillusioned he was by the end of it. You know, like, he wanted to be the hero and he wanted to do all these things and, yeah, this is great. And then he got on set and it was like, yeah, you're wearing this suit that's where, like, twice your body weight. You can barely move or breathe or anything like that. And then you do your close-ups, they yell, cut, you walk off, and then someone else in a more flexible suit does all the cool stuff and that, and it just absolutely ruined the experience for him. It is interesting how they haven't learnt along the four movies how to adapt the suit because it's i know it's it's i think it's quite famous where michael keaton he's pretty much like rigid and he can't turn his neck hence why he's like fight scene especially in the bell tower even though it looks absolutely incredible fight scene he is incredibly like rigid in it because of the lack of movement because his like constriction and I just don't understand. You can see it because he's always turning from the waist, isn't he? He's yeah. always turning with his whole body. And it's the same as this. Clooney does turn like like Frankenstein, and it's and it's awful. <laughs> and that's why his fight scenes are so appalling. And it's and it's made even worse that the one fight scene he really does have with Freeze right at the end is restricted to like a little box, or oh, the little platform, yeah, yeah. the little platform, yeah, and that's yeah. just so that they can have that. I'd imagine that was done on purpose so that they can have a close quarters fight. So they didn't have to. He didn't have to get his like any kicks in, or any or punches in. It's just oh, I mean, it's 
But what I can say is that I bet it sold a lot of toys, all the that's, new costumes. That's what this film Which was like. probably was why it was toys. done. This film was meant to sell toys and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. I did actually read, like, like talking about Clooney and the casting and stuff like that, I did actually read that apparently, so like, when Val Kilmer refused to come back to do this movie, <laughs> um, it was later one person that was considered for the role was apparently David Duchovny. <laughs> He'd be the most bored Batman ever. Oh, Jesus. I know, right? Didn't Val Kilmer go off to do The Saint? He did The Saint instead of this, didn't he? Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Poor, poor bastard. Like, it... Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Now, hang on. Don't look at me like that, Ollie. That, actually, that movie is shocking. No, it is. But I do find it so vastly more entertaining than this film. And oh, I have watched yes. it a, a oh, few completely. times. And it's Absolutely. got an incredible soundtrack Oh yeah, on that. I think it's like uh, Apollo 440. But actually, coincidentally, this Saving Grace does have a pretty good soundtrack. It does. It does, and I will. Like, there's a few tracks that I want to talk about later, but yeah. there's one track that we just cannot talk about full stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the same at the end. I was like, oh. Yeah. Which one? Yeah, I was I'm like, unaware I am of this. The R. So Kelly the track. Tri- yeah. R. Oh. Kelly did the main song for the movie called Gotham City. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did you make it to oh. the end, Lee? <laughs> I did, but I, I nodded off and had to rewatch the, the final fight. Oh, oh you poor bastard. But then I was like, Didn't you watch it like this afternoon? Yeah, I'm an old man, okay? <laughs> I've, been, I've been lifting boxes up and down out of my parents' attic today. So. I've, had, I've had my afternoon nap. I had dinner at 4.30. I feel really good. No, I had to cook dinner tonight. I just nodded off beforehand. I thought I'd get a little nap in first. <laughs> so while this whole like gratuitous costume shot is going on god we're still on this bit <laughs> yeah i know it's gonna be a long night right <laughs> but like what got me is that so you got the whole like crazy moment when you realize that like superman does actually exist in this universe because they crack the joke about like because you mm. see the <clears throat> the batmobile you see the 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 red bird the the red wing sorry the the, the robin's motorcycle and then michael goff has this moment when they go off because Mr. Freeze is being released and then Michael Goff has this moment where you can see he's in pain and I'm watching this just going, God damn, Michael Goff is giving more emotional range in five seconds of pain than most of these people in the next 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, is it not me? But when the bat signal goes off, I say, oh, we need to get there. Uh, it takes, what, like five minutes for the Batmobile to fucking come up from the... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it has also, money that? shot. Oh, Jesus Christ, they could have robbed what they were robbing him. God. Where does that tunnel yeah. come out? How long is that tunnel, right? Oh. <laughs> How far outside of Jesus Gotham are they? Christ. How has nobody pieced this together with like a tunnel that long, mm. like in the mountains, and they realise, wait a minute, there's only one house that is far away enough for that. Yeah, in that particular direction. Well, also just the construction work alone, isn't it? It's like, well, who's he got yeah. to do that? Was he? Is he just bumped them yeah. all off after the construction was done? They do talk about nonchalantly killing Alicia Silverstone. So, like, oh, well, she knows who we are now. We need to kill her. Yeah. So it's like maybe, okay, maybe it's not not a million miles away that they have off a few construction workers. So while this is going on, and they've got their very long journey out to Gotham, I'd, I'd like also I want to talk about the design of this Batmobile quickly. The most stupid design for a Batmobile ever 
with like the big jet engine in the back propelling him forward. Four like jet no restraint. With no canopy, yeah. jet <laughs> No <laughs> canopy, no protection for him whatsoever, <laughs> and he's just blitzing it along the way. Like, no, no, sorry. I'm gonna uh, sorry, I'm gonna play a Lee game here and go dead. There's literally <laughs> yeah, no one like To be fair, F1 drivers similar deal, right? Granted, they have a halo around them to protect protect them they from do, other things. They and do the now. Crowd. I was going to say, don't you? Don't don't you? It's not got a gigantic this heap of shite. <laughs> fucking claw sticking out the back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's an awful Batmobile. Let's be oh. honest. But, but as we said, it is to is to sell toys, isn't it? This this whole Jesus, it is this whole yeah. brighter, more the phallic mobile. Yeah, I want to say like <laughs> modern take on it. It's just essentially to sell toys, isn't it? Because not even the the bat suits don't even come across as like black, do they? They're in this like metallic-y blue midnight colour. Power Rangers. You want to know? Just... <laughs> Gareth will remember this with it's motion for Comic Con. Look up Hordax helicopter. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. If you want phallic, I do. look up Hordax helicopter from Shiro. That how that yeah. was a toy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll include I'll include the I'll include a link in the in the show notes when I publish. But yeah, there's a, there's a a crazy crazy moment in a in a Shirar episode where the, that you you watch as an adult and you just go, how did this happen? Dare I Google this? Will I get on some sort of watch list? <laughs> Possibly. Or another list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my <geez>. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh. Anyway. Yeah. Tangents so aside, good. so good. Anyway, tangents aside, we're twenty Ooh. minutes in, and we've talked about three minutes of this movie. That's all it deserves. <laughs> so they're going off into the Gotham to fight Mister Freeze, who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, fresh off the heels of Terminator Two: Judgment Day. C- can we just take a minute to note that Commissioner Gordon calls him up and just exposition dumps without any pretense of making it sound like dialogue? There's a new villain. He calls himself Mr. Freeze. He's stealing a diamond. That's all you Honestly, need to know, kids. I mean, <laughs> I've gone cross I mean, Pat Hingle. <laughs> Pat Hingle did some pretty decent work in the first like couple of movies, and then it's almost like he's just reading auto cue. I mean, he's point. literally it phoning is. that performance in, right? They all are. You keep <laughs> yeah, watching. Right. They all are auto cue. <laughs> they all are. But it is. It's. It's filmed and it's scripted in the same way as the Adam West series was done, isn't it? You don't need all that glossy backstory what's the point they just want it to be nice and shiny they want it to be bright and colorful they want it to be kind of carefree because you don't have any because even in the last three films bruce always kind of like touches on the death of his parents he has emotional connection problems they don't really like touch on that at all they don't want to bring the the tone down they just want set pieces funny lines and they want it to be um, yeah, the, yeah the modern take on adam west yeah i mean like adam west only ever referenced his parents in the very first episode of the tv series that was like the only time that he ever talked about it oh everyone's parents are dead in this <laughs> like um what's her name i can't even remember her bloody name it's not barbara gordon obviously but no but it is no, barbara. It's barbara wilson yeah like just oh. Oh yeah, my parents died five years ago. It's like, oh, all right, thanks. Didn't ask. Here's the back cave. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead family. Yeah. In you come. In. 
<laughs> you're, you're on the team. <laughs> so, so they go, like like they're going off to fight Mister Freeze. Remember that shit from the beginning of the movie? It's just uh, circle, and, circle back. So to that, can yeah. we? Can I? Can I just circle, circle my, back uh, to the beginning? Can I step into the corner of incredulity straight away? Then oh, I thought so we were in the, the cave the of it already. Seven minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see Mister Freeze stood atop a set of stairs. A bunch of cops run forward. Stop or we'll shoot. He doesn't do anything, and they open fire instantly. It's America. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a. <laughs> It's a bit of a close-to-the-bone, scathing indictment, isn't it? Gotham PD are shockingly bad at their jobs. Yeah. What caught me? Did you, did you know, like, like, I haven't had chance to, like, properly fact-check this, but if this is true, my God, this would have been a completely different movie, and I might have been here for it a lot more. That one of Schumacher's choices prior to Arnold Schwarzenegger was apparently Terry Hulk Hogan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> as Mr. Freeze. And I read that, I went, I mean... I'm not mad at it. It'd be equally as hilarious, really, wouldn't it? It would be equally as hilarious. But, I mean, I don't think half of the um, ice puns that we get in this, which are incidentally 27 Jesus Christ. in the entire movie. <laughs> 27 too many. Hmm. There's a supercut somewhere. I'll see if I can get the, no, the, no, the, the, no, the, the link for that no, up as well. You just add it Please. in at the end as an Easter egg. <laughs> oh, <go on. laughs> right at the end of the podcast. But while, oh God, but while I'll say for him, he doesn't seem like he gets bored throughout the entire film, though. And he does you see the really... size of his paycheck? Yes! Well, okay. <laughs> for like two but, weeks' okay. work. But that's fine. But, but even no, 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 even no, no. So, right. He's not the worst thing about this movie. Oh, no. He, no, all, no he, not at all. He, 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 there is like masses of slices of ham coming off of him. But actually, I really like that he does that. He really mm-hmm. throws himself into the character and he goes for it. He, he knows the role. He knows what to expect. Unlike everyone else's performance, apart from um, like Alfred, everyone else just phones it in. I mean, I always Uh, got the impression that the only reason they got George Clooney is because of his bedside manner in ER. (laughs) Yeah. Something for the ladies. Yeah, absolutely. He was there as the sex appeal for the movie, whether he could carry off the role or not, because he was (laughs) because he was hot property (laughs) on television at the time. Yeah, he could not. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, let's face it. I, I, I mean, you don't really notice it straight away, but then there are moments like what happens here, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is the movie that we're getting." Where Hello, Robin breaks, I'm Batman. <laughs> he goes, "Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman." I'm Batman. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, the the worst Batman introduction ever. But then also when like Robin crashes his motorcycle through the wall, yeah, that not through a door, through a wall, and it leaves a perfect Robin shaped symbol hole. in yeah. it. Yeah, I just Jesus. read that. I went, no, no, sorry, dead. That was the first um, face palm of the uh, of the afternoon. Uh, he's running around putting like putting oh. nitro right, on all C four on all the wall in that shape, so he could just before he <laughs> so he does it on his nights as well. He's just got every building rigged to blow <laughs> yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try and blitz through this bit pretty quickly because it's making me angry already, but can we talk about the ice skates that are built into oh, their boots? Yeah. No, let's not. No, it's And also the floor, that is, the, the floor that is that, like, holographic wrapping paper that you get at Christmas. It's not actually ice, if you, never, if you oh. notice. No, because they've all like, wearing they, re- they reuse that flooring in a lot of scenes. Uh, yeah. Also, sorry, there is no way the Batman is sliding down that dinosaur as well as he was. That is... 
bullshit. Yeah, that, that is, is, that is, that is literally no way. Grade A bullshit. That. So that's why the T Rex is in the Batcave in the comics, isn't it? <laughs> also, can we can yeah. we point out the gratuitous use of uh, silly sound effects that are used throughout? All that's missing is Biff and Pow on the screen. That's yeah, all that's, that is all that is missing. Yeah. Completely. And a, a, a bowling alley, like you know, a load of bowling pins, like clattering to yeah. the floor when when yeah. a, like, a few cops get thrown into each other. But you know what? If they'd actually done the Biff and the Pows and the Whams and stuff like that, if they actually threw that up on screen, I probably would have got behind the film a bit more because that's when you know that they're really yeah. leaning into the parody yeah, of it. Agreed. Because they're missing the point in that they're trying to do, as I said, like like the like sixty six Batman. But they're trying to do it with a bit of an edge because they're dealing with like hard stories, like Alfred's dying. Spoiler wrong alert. Villa- and- wrong villains for <laughs> this. Not. It's the wrong villains yeah. for this story. But yeah, whereas like they're trying to keep these like a slight edge in a storyline with this very campy element to it, and you either have to go all in one way or all in the other. It doesn't work both sides. Mm. So, like, we get some of the first few puns out there. So, like, Robin gets frozen by Mr. Freeze, and you've got the stay cool, bird boy. And there was a moment where, you know, just, like, because Batman picks up Robin's iced body, puts it in the water, and heats it up with this... The freaking laser gun. Why didn't he use that earlier? Yeah. But what got me is that I watched this and just went, like, how much smoother would this movie have gone... If he dropped, if him. he just dumped the iced body in the water and then just walked away, <laughs> just, just dropped Robin. Over, Robin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're we're also missing the uh, the inaccuracy of you know what killed the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. Mm, no, I'm pretty sure it was that big fuck off asteroid. <laughs> also, I found it really like hilarious how that like. When when he, when he gets away, like Freeze creates this like huge oh, iced wall, but also left enough of a clear bit in the wall so that he could wave through it. Yeah, you know, you know, like you know, ice has the behavioural properties of perspex. Were you not aware? Did they not teach you that in physics? <laughs> it doesn't go. <laughs> now we're going to cut to uh, a scary, creepy mansion in the middle of nowhere to talk about. One of my favourite moments slash one of my most anger-filled moments of this entire movie for, for, for two different reasons. The first is, I want to talk, right, so I want to talk about, like, this might be an unpopular opinion here. I, I really do not mind Uma Thurman as Ivy. And it goes along the same realms with Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. This is what I was alluding to earlier. These two got what they needed to do. Yeah. They had the 66 campiness down. They had that free reign. But the trouble was is that they're acting against the three... All right, I'm not going to throw Alicia Silverstone in that too much because she like she does have some comedy shops. Not necessarily in this, but she has proven that in, in, in times past. Chris O'Donnell, George Clooney, not so much. Not really. Very flat, very wooden. And when you're working against these cartoon comic book villains the balance is completely off. That's what I was saying earlier. You either need to be all one side or all the other. You can't balance that out. And I really like what they tried to do with the portrayals that they had. Someone else that really understood the assignment (laughs) in this, who is just about to appear in this scene, is John Glover, who plays the, the doctor that 
uh, Pamela Isley is working with in this mansion, who many will later know as playing Lex Luthor's father in Smallville. A very different portrayal to what we get here. But I think he's great. I think he's great in it. Again, he understood the assignment. He's very over the top. He's very fun with it. To be honest, I might have liked to enjoy seeing a bit more of him like that. I wonder if that's because they were away from, you know, the Batman and Robin, you know, George Clooney and O'Donnell, perhaps because they could act off of each other. They had just more free reign. They had more fun with it. Completely. And it's, Absolutely. And it's the same with, you know, the, the campiness behind Poison Ivy and Freeze when they're together as well. You know, there's no... Yeah. There aren't two, like... It could be, like, a, a scene from the 60s yeah, Batman, I'll... isn't it? If you just see them. Yeah, completely. But I want to get into the reason why I hate this scene. And that is summed up in one very growly extended word. Bane! Jesus Christ. I mean, to be fair, we've, TV only got Tom... out the window. <laughs> we've only got Tom Hardy's performance of Bane to compare it to. Which is equally as ridiculous, let's be uh, honest. No, 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 no. Wait, hold on. Uh, hold on. Perhaps he's wondering why would this be so wrong? Take a, take a seat, darling. Yeah, Daddy's about to tell a story. So, <laughs> so, okay, first of all, <laughs> fuck you, there was nothing wrong with his performance. I, mean, I will defend that. Uh, okay. there was a, I'm, I'm with Lee on this. I was not a fan of the Shakespearean Bane rendition. Was it Shakespearean? Nah, that I was not Shakespearean. No, was, but, I he, dug but it. everything was, like, I dug it. Everything I that was, was a moustache twirling. Yeah, but it was monologuing to... Right. <laughs> Voice aside, that was the thing that they got right in that movie. Oh, yeah, Bane was menacing. Right yeah, yeah, Bane was menacing they in that used... film. He just sounded ridiculous. Oh, no, hang on, what are you talking about? Which one? Um, both. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm talking about The Dark Knight. Rises, yeah, but, yeah. So, yeah. so the thing, so, so for me, I mean, Damien knows this. Ollie might remember, but for me, uh, growing up, the 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 book that got me oh. really into reading Batman was the Nightfall Saga, the early nineties, and that was was it ninety three, ninety four, really where you ninety. Not uh, back end of ninety three, start ninety four. They'd already killed Superman. Yeah, the year before. Well, ninety three, they killed Superman. This was during and after, so yeah, 94. And we'd already had an introduction to Bane in a, in, in a short series that DC had done. But the Nightfall Saga was where we actually got to really experience what that character was all about and how we actually, how he operates and how we were. And that was one of the most terrifying villains that they had done in the comics at that stage because not only was he an absolute brute and could snap someone with a look, but he was very very intelligent mm. he was the only one that pieced it together he was the only one that worked out who batman was not only that actually found a way to beat him and break him in half that was one thing that i thought they did in the dark knight rises yeah. which was great. oh that was oh that bit mm. my head exploded yeah. i couldn't believe it but the but like he he literally blows a hole in arkham asylum and just lets the crazies run free because he knows that Batman's not going to be able to get all of them at the same time and get them back in. And Bruce Wayne just knackers himself out to the point that he then can't beat him. So in a fight, he can't win. And he just wears him down, and it's brilliant. Cut to this heap of shit. Where they just... Yeah, where they turn... 
one of the best villains that the early 90s had to offer in DC Comics, <laughs> and they turned him into a mindless zombie yep. crackhead that is just operated by the big green button on his chest. It, 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 it annoyed me so much. Uh, and the set, it's like a school play. I mean, and the big venom <laughs> in the big jars. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. But yeah, no, you're right. Those two are having a whale of a time now. They, they know. And yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, but yeah, I was like, oh god, I needed TV nearly went out the window. That, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so it got across like like one thing that amused me when they're back in the back cave when they're looking through all the video of like Victor Freeze and getting the lowdown of that guy. <laughs> which was <laughs> <laughs> that's some bloody <laughs> good CCTV, right? <laughs> yeah, where does throughout the film where does all this extra footage come from? Like. <laughs> When he's, All the extra camera angles. Wayne when he's, <laughs> when he's, giving he's his, filming him Wayne coming Cam. up at them. And when he gives his wife the necklace in, like, the mirror, who's the third person filming, like, the saucy oh, scene yeah. that's about to unveil? Yeah. And then there's, like, the sequence of, well, where we get to it Danny towards DeVito. the end, where, you know, he shows... <laughs> Danny DeVito, the twin. Where he shows... Um, <laughs> Doc... Doc, Mr. Freeze, Doctor the little Evil. video of what, what, yeah, I was gonna, I'll get so confused with the doctors and like, it's just, but where he shows, um, Poison Ivy, the video, where was that being filmed as well? Has he just got like a crotch cam on all the time? <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I actually forgot, like, watching this movie, I realized that, like, I totally forgot that, like, Freeze's pecs glow in this, like, this is. <laughs> This is just weird. Like, like so much like fluorescent lighting in that suit is just uncomfortable. I mean, to be fair, the suit is the best bit about him, and like it's kind of the bit where he has the goggles on, which is, I believe, is more akin to what we're used to seeing of, of Mister Freeze. Yeah, was actually better, and it kind of you kind of miss that throughout the rest of the film. He only puts the goggles on once, right? Yeah, from the animated series, yes. Like, the, like the character's made more famous from having these, like, red goggles on, mm. which I think they try to incorporate into the movie. But uh, but they also try to do this, because, like, the whole Nora Freeze element, again, was something kind of... Uh, I mean, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember that too much in the comics, but, it's like... The anime, one... it's, it's, it's Heart of Ice. It's yeah, from it's, Heart of it's Ice. It's Heart of Ice, isn't it? Which, yeah, which, which is, like, uh, which is arguably one of the best episodes that the animated series had ever mm. produced. It is wonderful. But they, like, again, they just completely pissed these opportunities against a wall Watch in this that movie. instead, like, listeners. <laughs> we, yeah, have we, absolutely. Have we gone like, up in the rocket yet? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. No, not yet. Okay, I've got another another uh, visit to the uh, incredulity. I have much to say about that. <laughs> but so we get, like, I, I mean, like, oh, you were talking about the bit when he would, like, when you, the, the, the necklace and the pendant. So that's actually when they were at Freeze's lair, right? Now I've got a slew of stuff to see about this because I want to talk for a second about Vivica Fox, who, big name, who was made more famous about uh, in Independence Day as Will Smith's girlfriend. Yeah. And we, we, we get her in this for literally no reason other than to have her in this crazy snow pixie costume she's literally in it for that scene serves no purpose and again like trying to get this i forget her name now but in the first couple of episodes in, in the in the 60s batman riddler had this redhead assistant 
day. Do you remember who I mean? I, know who I can't mean. remember oh. who plays in that. Is it Jill? Uh, Jill Saints. Uh, forgotten her name. Anyway, it's not important. But it, it, it's very much like again, they're just tr- they're just trying to beat you over the head with these bat- '60s Batman stereotypes, and it doesn't serve a purpose. And you, like, I gotta watch this this time. I said, you know, fine, but w- why? Yeah, why is she well, in it? Even more so for for his character because he has such an a, a still uh, an obsession with his wife. You know, he has such a desire yeah. and a love to to see her revived. Why does he have? Maybe that's like, to reinforce it. Well, it just seems it just seems absolutely necessary in the first place for her to even be there. So I mm. may okay to it, reinforce it, but I, it's not played on enough. Then well, it kind of is because like Ivy's always trying, and he's like, "No, I only have ice for my wife." Ice for my life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I tell you another thing that doesn't need to be there. That fucking button to open where his wife is being kept because you may as well have a bloody door handle. Like, it's not It's not like the, the thing's scanning his fist print or something like that. It's not a hand... He's not scanning his handprint. He literally opens this door, pushes the biggest button ever, and then just, like, this door opens. Literally serves no purpose. Also, why is it hidden? He's doing it in front of one of the hoodlums. This is Leia. Yeah, he doesn't need to hide it. He just kills them, like, doesn't he? Every five seconds, like, oh, freezes yeah. them, so he doesn't... Have you guys watched um, Wellington Paranormal? I've seen bits Which of is... it. No. Okay, so they have a secret cupboard in there, and there is a button oh, that they have to yeah. push. But the, the, the commissioner, he, he, like, hides away and just goes, boop, 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 boop. And then does like a voice recognition. Now, I watched Mr. Freeze doing that, and that is all I had in my mind. He's like, he might as well have been doing like voice recognition activated. Yes, this is Dr. Freeze. I mean, Freeze. That's, some, that's, that's some cloudy with a chance of meatballs bullshit. That's some, that's some next level nonsense. Because <laughs> we cut back to Wayne Manor. It's the day, doorbell rings. Is this not the rocket bit then? No. Is this much later? Because this is. Did you fall asleep yeah, again? Yeah, because the rocket bit... No, because... The rocket bit, they, I remember the rocket bit seeing... ha- happens at the auction. The rocket bit happens at the auction. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was all it's during long. this because yeah. the, the things he uses to climb... You know, spoilers, I guess. Like, the things he uses to climb on the rocket ship are what he grabs in the very opening montage. And I thought it followed on, but evidently not. It's like... No, no. It's, it's, just, it's just exposition of, look at the cool gadgets that we've got. The one... Well, and about 50 different grappling guns, I noticed. Oh, and the, and the credit card. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. God. God, no. So I want to I get at that in a minute, but first I want to talk about the... I mean, like I said, like the 90s were just a different time because of course now we're going to get teenage sleaze Dick Grayson open the door to a private schoolgirl and his reaction is, please be looking for me. Yeah, that's a bit odd, isn't it? She's what well, it was. If, it was a trope. It was a trope. I guess, but it's like I guess it only works if he's played as a lot younger than Chris O'Donnell was at the time. Like if he's yeah, like seventeen true. as well, then it kind of works and it's kind of okay. But yeah, I don't know if he is. It's kind of not really. I don't think it falls as badly as some because Alicia Silverstone looks older, and she is older. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, true. she's clearly not a sixteen-year-old schoolgirl that she's portraying, because she's a. Is she portraying a, a, though? It's kind well, of. Well, I think weird she's like she's at a London school, isn't she? 
It's interesting because apparently, like, this is this is a big incredulity in this movie, and I was going to talk about this later, but I'll get into this now because this is when we find out that like Alfred is supposed to be Barbara's uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, I'm pushing ninety. Goff, who had a sister whose photo looks as though it was taken in the thirties. Yeah. Well, now has a daughter. That's like sixteen. The timeline for that was just the, all the timeline's off. But me. that photo could have been from early fifties or sixties, and of which she, she still looks twenty in that. Yeah, but in the nineties, <laughs> they could no. have right. She could have just, had no, 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 no. Right. Okay, let, let's assume. No. Let's assume that she's twenty in nineteen fifty nine. Right. 20 years later, <laughs> she's 40, has a child in 1979, who is then, you know, in 1997, about 17, 18. Not unheard of. There are there are certain celebrities out there who have had children at ages much more than 40. Yeah, but if we just go on the surface of it by that photo, which is a very stylized 1920s 1930s but people looked older back then like she could have been like 15 in that photo <laughs> I don't, I, no i'm i'm, I'm not this sort of is the most well, we're thinking gen- about this film i, I think uh, yeah now. we are over, yeah we are overthinking it massively here it's the most deconstruction we've done of this you, movie you so can far. do a google there are there are <laughs> multiple articles out there on websites that say like why do people you know back then look so old and it's like they'll show people like at 15 16 you look at them and go my god he looks like 30 no, um, I, you know. I I understand that, and it's all the styling. But I mean, yeah, just yeah. you have to take it at face value in this <laughs> film. They're not wanting to to think that that deeply into it. It's just like she just looks so much honest, older than she should be, and her name's like Peg. It's quite a dated name as well. Yeah, I I am more um, annoyed at the lack of English accent, given that you know the whole family's meant to be English, and yet she comes on with like it's not even a pretense of an english accent it is just she is just american but she's been studying yep. in, in london so how does this work oh that we'd have had the dick van dyke though wouldn't we and she can ride a motorbike so we then get to it so so poison ivy and bane <laughs> has should i should i sound by that like i did with oh. With, with lap dogs. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. It's the only way we're going to get through this. Oh, God. Simple Simon. <laughs> so I just love the fact that like he's wearing a fedora all oh, the time, as though that's inconspicuous. God. I don't know if they were trying to take the piss out of the turtles. Yeah. Because all he's wearing is a trench coat and a, and a, and a fedora. <laughs> and his Nacho Libre mask. And his Nacho Libre well, That's Okay, that is actually quite... Accurate to the oh, comics. Okay. He is Puerto Rican, yeah. He is, yeah. Yeah. Where he's supposed to be, yeah. What, Bane? Yeah. 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 Oh. Mm. Puerto Rican Tom Hardy. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you wouldn't pay to see it. <laughs> no, I would. That, that would actually be quite good. If it takes us away from that other act. Anyway, different film. Sorry. I did, I did, like, I did laugh during this, like, like this whole like planetarium scene with like the weirdest Big Brother is watching you bullshit that they could come up with exposition wise that literally no one's going to remember in twenty minutes, and George Clooney just looked so uncomfortable for this entire scene. 
I don't know what was going on, but like every time he was watching it, he was just as though he was wishing he was doing something else. <laughs> he looks bored, doesn't he? Wish he was still on ER. <laughs> he has this odd mannerism where he's kind of like he's 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 facing down and then he's looking up, and I I don't know what he's trying to achieve by this kind of like is it supposed to be a mature intellectual kind of blue steel yeah. look? It, it's yeah. perplexing. It's you at no point do you get the impression that. He has like the weight of um, Gotham on his shoulders, like he has in the previous films. He's just like this carefree, fancy billionaire. The weight of Gotham is on the shoulders of the observatory. Look, the weight of Gotham is polystyrene. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all made out of polystyrene. The weight of the world clearly is not on the shoulders of the Dark Knight because they have enough time, lest we forget that the front line of defence against crime in Gotham City is now doing cameo appearances at auctions for charity <laughs> when they should be going out and cleaning the streets up of crime. Oh, yeah, but this... But instead, they're going to be making an appearance at the auction. I th- I don't think it's... The story skips this part, but I think it's supposed to lure Freeze out, isn't it? Yeah, that's why they're doing it, isn't it? That's the impression I got. There's a story? Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) Exactly, David. There's a story. There is no story, but I think that's the point. (laughs) It's a very loose approximation of a plot, yeah. (laughs) So, right. So, let's, 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 do you know what? Let's get to the auction, actually. Let's jump ahead to that, because I want to talk, because this is like the big reveal of Poison Ivy, in this right we've seen pamela risley we've seen the start of poison ivy but this is the first sort of full-on impact of bang she's here and like one i i love this track like you you guys might not know this but that song that's playing is actually a song called poison Mm. ivy it was a song that was released by a band on uh soul record label atlantic records in the 1959 called the coasters and they released a version, and, and and that's who originally released the song. This version is covered by someone who their name is it is far too exotic for me to attempt to pronounce it without coming off as racist. So I'm not even <laughs> going to try. But on the soundtrack, it's it it it's a very good cover, and I think it's a very like like it's it's the only song choice that would have worked, and it does fit. Just this whole reveal, like it just this this whole scene. I mean, this like this is where you really realize like how much that Uma Thurman's willing to camp it up for this, and you can tell she's enjoying herself. But what got me is that like, so you're telling me that like no one's noticing that like every time she's making a pass at a man, she's blowing something in their face first. Mm. Like no one's picking up that on stuff this. Stuff is spreading a lot as well. She does like the tiniest of blows up Ooh. on the stage, and it covers the whole crowd. Like, <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Put, leave the thirst at home. We're nearly 40. <laughs> leave the thirst at it's, home. It's uncanny home. as well how much she looks like her daughter in some of these shots. Yes, uh, I thought that might She Maya looks Hall. like yes. Maya Hawke so, so much. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Or oh, well, Maya Hawke like Well, yeah, I was like, hang on, whoa. <laughs> I, just, I am watching the right film. I, honestly, and this is the God's honest truth, I did not realise who Maya Hawke was in terms of her parentage until season four. Did not realise. <laughs> The second I saw it, I just went, oh, I get it now. <laughs> after after season three of Stranger Things, it was like, she looks familiar. Who the hell is she? Google, uh, IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so 
we can't, I mean, this bidding war is just oh, insane. It's... I'm not even really going to touch on it that much, other than you know, like you talked about it earlier, Ollie. The the freaking credit card. Oh. Yeah, that. But what I would say is this: this is what made me. This scene is what made me think of like Joel Schumacher's like history with music videos in the way it was kind of so well choreographed and the tie-in yeah. with all the music. It it and so the, the the lavish colors, the lights the sound just all really was like just screamed music video to me. And that's, we, we see a little bit of it again in a couple of other scenes. It's just like a lot of time and attention has been spent on like the set construction, sadly not the script or any of the acting, <laughs> but the look and the feel. Honestly, literally as we are talking about this, I, 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 I literally have that synth of that track going in my head as we're talking about yeah. it right now. It's so catchy. I can't even remember it. But even during, <laughs> but during this scene, I, I will say, like, I think, like, um, Irma Thurman playing Poison Ivy, she's such a well-rounded character. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, that's that's Ollie's one per one per episode. Irma Thurman. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Star Wars Thurman. Ir- Irma Gerd. <laughs> Irma Thurman. Oh. It is late. <laughs> unlike, it's, un, it's, unlike, it is late. We'll give you that. Unlike you, Lee, been working all day. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah, right. Cuts deep, man. <laughs> you start a job next week. Oh, You're fine. I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But do you so not? Got, uh, but do you not right. get the impression that she's anyway, a really back like, to well? Thurman. Yeah, she's a well-rounded character in comparison to say. Um, Who's it that plays um, Catwoman in the Nolan films? Oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, she feels like as a as a character, she was completely sidelined. Yeah, but Schumacher is he's no, no, he's actually done really really well in this film to kind of give her like weight and brevity. But he and, knows like, what's going to pull the boys in. That's what. That's what. That's well, yeah, no, potentially yeah. very true, and it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. As we've said with 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 the Batman characters and costumes, and it's the same with Bane. You know, they they're gonna make great toys, aren't they? Because they're so bright and flashy. Yeah. Can we just take a moment to recognise what I thought was one of the best bits, which is actually just how batshit that um, Gotham's architecture is in terms of the observatory is a small little observatory being held up by a massive statue, and yep. there are other mm. massive statues yeah, yeah. all around. I actually I really quite enjoy that kind of style of. Uh, style of architecture and such like mm. you know insane kind of stuff like you know it's it's almost surrealist in its qualities and it's like the, the neo-gothic isn't it is what yeah, it is you have very, you have very it, much so it, yeah it comes to prevalence in like in batman returns and then i think they do a really good job of it in batman forever as well the entire franchise at a concept level mm. is fantastic oh yeah the aesthetic there is, is such runs throughout yeah it's so iconic and you will always remember various ways that things looked and it's always stood out great. Like that, into, like the design of all four movies are excellent. But there is a point that you see that eventually style overtakes substance, which is what brings us to this movie. <laughs> the epitome of style over substance. I mean, everything right down to yet another pun where we had, okay, everyone, chill. Why didn't he say freeze? 
He wants everyone to stop with it. Like, you know, freeze, put your hands in the air. Okay, everyone, freeze would be better, right? Just didn't do it for me. I, yeah, Arnie, Arnie failed that one, I think, for me. It was there was one bit which I thought was quite fun, would like, like quite funny. It was the whole like Dutch angle punching through the the tamarind bit. Oh, I thought that was going. Oh god, that made me chuckle a bit. Was... But again, stuff like that that leaned into the comedy of it. That leaned into the quirky parody True. of it. And I think you needed to see more of that, and they just didn't play off on it. They could have always have made this a parody film, and actually yeah. would have worked really well if it had been that way. But be... I one hundred percent. This is the rocket now, right? This is, yeah, yeah, we're getting to the rocket. But first of all, I actually want to talk about, because um, I, 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 so there's, there's a whole, whole array of stuff here that happens. Um, yeah, so this is the rocket. I can't remember how they get to the rocket. No, I do, because this vehicle. is a bit where, yeah, launches out of the vehicle. But this is, but that's after Batman's racing the Batmobile down the statue. No, that's later. That's that's later. That's the later scene because that's where he stops Robin. This one, Robin rescues him from the rocket. And what made me laugh at this one is is the fact that despite being a very uh, textured outer shell of the rocket, <laughs> you can see that Robin is struggling to find a handhold, despite there being many, many, many obvious handholds on that rocket. Yeah, it just made me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. And then he has to pull out the little suction cup things. Which they can't hear inside, which is very funny. And also, apparently, they're going to freeze to death at 30,000 feet, which seems awfully low. Yeah. But it's not really the edge of space at 30,000 feet. Oh, just just insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And also, where, like, doesn't, like, Batman has, like, he can glide with his cape, right? Yes. Yeah. So, in, in, the, in this series. However, he never does it once in this like when he's when they're falling, he 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 steals. He, well, first of all, they sky surf, which apparently was a thing in the nineties that every fucking movie did. <laughs> and you know, I don't I don't know where that came from. So they sky surf down most of the way. Then Batman steals Freeze's butterfly wings that Freeze apparently doesn't need anyway because he'll just use his you know ray gun of death to like magically yeah. slow him down on his descent. Robin will I don't know do some shit I can't remember. Like it just seemed Acrobatics. really weird. It's like, well, surely you're Batman. You can just glide. You don't need Freeze's wings. You could you you could get out of this quite easily, and there's no peril. So you can then sell Batman with Freeze wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Batman with sky surfing door, rocket door. <laughs> oh god! I mean, this. Oh. My nose are just all over the shop here with with this. If we had the like, phallic gargoyles like, in thought... the building yet, or is that later? I think that's later. Okay. I think that's later because, like, we we are then like almost an hour late, and, like almost an hour into the movie, and then we actually get reminded that Alicia Silverstone is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because that's when we see her steal one of the bikes. Yeah, because the timeline's all over the shop, isn't it? In mm. in these like last few scenes where she we see her for the first time go out and steal a bike, and then it's yep. the next day she steals another bike, and then there's the conversation with the banker and one of the other riders where they state that oh, she Coolio. won it. Two, R.O.P. Two, yeah, I was going to let Gareth state that, yeah. Yeah, Coolio plays the banker, yeah. And they state that she won it two days ago. Mm. So had she been racing prior? And also, had she find the same like artist to paint her helmet as Robin in the last two days <laughs> as well? 
But he... no, that I think she stole the helmet. Yeah, I think that's implied, isn't it? That she's she stolen the, all the gear. Which is, I mean, I mean, I don't know. She says that she rode bikes in London for five yeah. years. I mean, I'm not being funny. Ex- yeah. Can anyone be that good in five years? It takes a long time. So to get when good at stuff. would she have started riding a bike? When she was twelve. Twelve. Yeah. After no, after her parents died, don't forget. You know, that's the very important fact that you know it's meaningless. When, when did you start riding? Just around uh, when my parents uh, died. They all go dump. off and train with Ras Al Ghul how to do this, that, and the other. When their parents die. After their parents die. Oh yeah. yeah, it's very important you get that. Bit. Speaking of Coolio, yeah. do you know who he was intended to be? No. Oh, I do actually. No. Yeah, yeah. The fucking scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> what? He was yeah. going to be. Had they made the next one? Thank God. He would have been the scarecrow. <laughs> oh, good God. I thought that was supposed to be Nick Cage. Nick Cage was attached to everything. <laughs> then he got to yeah. be Ghost Rider, and then, you know. <laughs> Joel, Schumacher, Joel Schumacher went to the set of Face Off, and apparently he was going to be Scarecrow. <laughs> but Coolio, uh, they intended the banker to be, yeah. Christ. Oh, that's mad. Oh, I know. Because this, this whole this film was supposed to be much, much darker, because I had mm. also read that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. The the girlfriend, Elle McPherson, she was supposed to be killed. Oh, fuck. I wish she had. Oh, my God. I mean, for for all the good that her character does in this film, you might might as well have killed her off because she does fuck all. I think she was supposed to be killed by poison. And then it was supposed to have... What, the band? uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it was supposed to have spurred... Um, Bruce's or Batman's like vengeance to bump her off as well I mean can we just talk about so they they ask them a blatant question oh uh, you know when are you two going to get married or whatever it is it's like oh we've been dating a while now have you because surely to even consider marriage you probably would have moved in together at which point you know you'd probably discover there's a fucking bat cave under this mansion They've been together a year, so, so I'm going to, yeah, I, I want to jump, there's something I want to talk about here, but I'm going to jump ahead now to talk about this, because, like, the, like the, that that whole dinner with oh. with Elle McPherson and, 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 and George Clooney, fucking hell, like, the, 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 the rigidity, the wooden performances in this, between the two of them, I just, oh my god, and what got me is that, like, Al McPherson's character in this, so inconsequential, I cannot remember her fucking name, has like is it is going through Dave girlfriend or something, thing, isn't it? Talking talking about their relationship and how they want to be married. They've been together a year, not living together. They've been together a year. She is looking to lock that shit down. <laughs> it's Julie Madison, and she was Batman's first ever girlfriend back in the back in the Golden Age comics. She was in the first. Dozen or so issues of Batman and Detective, and mm. left and just they disappeared. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As I thought, she was the only one that ever figured it out. But I know it was Silver Saint Cloud that figured out that Bruce was Batman. But yeah, they were his first two girlfriends, <laughs> Judy Madison and Silver Saint Cloud. So it's a real deep it's... cut, and they do nothing with her at all. And Silver Saint Cloud is it, it, it is a great because that's in the Kevin Smith mm. runs. That's in that's in uh, the widening jar yeah. and cacophony. It's quite hard to work out who somebody in a cowl is, really, isn't it? It could be anyone under that cowl. Yeah, that that half faced <laughs> cowl yeah. where you can see their entire jawline and hear their, <laughs> yeah. their voice, which isn't know, disguised pre- in any way whatsoever. I think isn't Clooney the only Batman who doesn't disguise his voice as well because <laughs> he just can't be yep. bothered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least with you know, like shows like. 
Arrow and like even like in um like with 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 Affleck playing Batman and things like that they they write it in so that you know they have voice changes mm. built into the cowls mm. so it disguises them so they don't have to do the Christian Bale talking <laughs> like this all the time like they distort their voices digitally yeah which is which is great but yeah Clooney just gives zero shits in this movie <laughs> like I'm Batman. No disguise whatsoever. <laughs> Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. <laughs> like, what is this movie about? I, I, I mean, like, just like, like, literally, just when I think that no one could give any more of a wooden performance than Clooney in this, El McPherson opens her mouth, Which and is I just want the ground to bizarre, swallow right? Because up. they're both not too bad. Like, El McPherson, when she was in Friends, was fine. Like, Clooney is a decent actor. Yeah, this scene is just yeah. like... I mean, it's, it's Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, you know a couple of years prior like essentially it's it's just yeah. like, you know two actual decent actors giving wooden performances so I mean, whilst there's there's orders of stuff here that's going because like we got the bit i want to talk about the chase scene with freeze when they are racing down the mm. the statue right when batman's only real way of stopping robin saying it's too far you'll never make it is to cut the engines on his bike and just let him screech along without any protection whatsoever. Can we can we just dial back slightly to the the bike race while we're on the subject of bikes? What was the end goal of that race? Right, he's like, I'll make sure the guys are at the end of the bridge, and you see them hooking up all these wires, and you think, oh god, you know they're going to decapitate the riders. You know they're going to put a wire taut across this bridge. No, apparently all they're going to do is swing in to throw some molotovs, which apparently will make you fall off your bike okay, reasonable, you know, you're going to be a bit worried about riding through fire, to skid and potentially fall to your death over the edge. But if that's the case, surely they would have seen that coming before the fire was thrown down. And if so, where were they racing to then? Like, it's presumably the finish line, right? Yeah. But why is the finish line at a precipice? I mean, I'll go you one further. Like, like the thing with this movie, lest we forget when Fast and Furious comes to Gotham. <laughs> with the GTA the- music going on as well yeah yeah uh, poor old coolio <laughs> poor coolio flew too close to the sun <laughs> must have took a look at his life and realized he had nothing left they had cooking with coolio that hadn't come out at that point i mean surely at this stage like, like, like we see dick grayson with a different robin helmet on this time because mm. he's got a visor on this one which he didn't have in forever but what got me is that surely at this point isn't the red robin on a motorcycle helmet kind of a bit on the nose that might make people go hang on a minute it's not really inconspicuous yeah and it is the robin symbol as well it's not just a random yeah. robin like a sub- yeah. would have been more subtle and also like, I, I mean there are a few things in this one how combustible are motorbikes in <laughs> gotham yeah, they're all they're all like, running on bombs. This is Wayne Tech. Wayne Tech explodes. It's built in Wayne Tech. It just blows up. <laughs> and also, and also, sorry, but that whole like sliding towards the end of the bridge and then them stopping themselves from actually falling down. Both of their legs would have been dislocated by that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a few there's a few instances of grappling hooks which would have literally torn people's hand, you know, arms out of mm. sockets. I think I think it was going back to the fall, wasn't it? Earlier on, mm. they stopped themselves with their yeah. grapple guns. Nah. That's when we get the the reveal when they get back to Wayne Manor that Barbara has managed to piece together in in hours <laughs> what Dick and Bruce haven't noticed, which is that Alfred is dying. They don't know what, and he's got stage one McGregor's syndrome. 
which is the same disease that Nora Freeze has, who is in stage four. Now, more on that bullshit later. <laughs> However, whilst this is going on, Ivy is looking around and finds this, like, Turkish bath, doesn't she? This abandoned Turkish yeah. bath with neon oh, gangland cool. members. That's like, a lot of work to so go, go for Batman to be forever. in a gang, right? <laughs> to yeah. put all that neon face paint on and set your entire layer up to be UV lit. Yeah, and what if you're in an area where it's not UV yeah, what lit? About daylight. I mean, one would presume they just wouldn't go out in daylight. Well, it's just, but... it's just white paint in daylight. It just looks like it's white paint. The only time where Batman doesn't operate during the daytime, that's when I'd be out committing all the fucking crime. <laughs> <laughs> fucking well, yeah. we got them. <laughs> so we okay. So we've got this whole bit like where Freeze ends up in Arkham Asylum after he gets caught, right? Mm. Mm. Now few things one the cold beam like this is what gets me is that like this is something like this is this is but this is again this is straight out of the 60s there was this whole thing in the 60s batman where like mr freeze had like corridors like like tiles of hot and cold so that either he could travel places or people that he was working with could travel places so they ripped this out of the show without any point whatsoever but then you've got Former governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura, as one of the as one of the guards. And what got me in this is that, like, okay, granted, Ivy works her way to the cell, giving the old giving the old pheromone <laughs> blow, if you will. And but like, I get how she gets to the cell, but the guards who are not under any influence take a phone call. That he's got a visitor. Would you let Gotham's public enemy number one have visitors direct to their cell? How many escapes of Arkham have there been? No, they're all useless. <laughs> they're all <fucking laughs> yeah. useless. The most secure yeah. place in Gotham <laughs> is not that secure, <laughs> no. it seems. There was there was some cracking like when you look at that bit when you realize that like like because there's a few like what they choose to be like Easter eggs with like the Riddlers and Two Faces yeah. costumes. Oh yeah. The nerd of me watched that and just went, I'm pretty sure Two Face died in that suit. Mm. That's Yeah, why have they got it? Why is it? He's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a. Did you spot Bane in this? In this scene? Yeah, well, it's hard to miss him when he's no, 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 through wait, a wall. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so when um, Ivy and Freeze are talking, they pan past the door and there's Bane in the background just standing like like twiddling his thumbs, just waiting to come in. No. Yeah, so you see Action. him for a brief, for a brief <laughs> moment. But prior, to, but prior to that, he is ransacking that, yeah. that room. And no, then, I missed that. And then he's be- beating all the other guards from left to right. But yeah, as it pans across, you can clearly see him because he's neon. In the little in the little post box hole, <laughs> there he is, just kind of like waiting for his cue, <laughs> waiting for his line. Yeah. Also, apparently, you can't punch through reinforced steel that apparently is brick. <laughs> I. Yeah, oh, it's like, God. oh, look, he's got a brick so, cell. No, it's reinforced steel. Why would they make it look like brick then? Oh God. <laughs> I did. Oh God, I was so irritated. So you've got <laughs> the that, entire two um, hours. Just irritated. The entire two hours. He chose it. <laughs> just, just like grinding your just, teeth for two two hours straight. Just just, just drunk, angry, and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did I do this? 
Um, <laughs> but like, what? So we like after they escape Arkham, right? They cut to Mister Freeze's lair, which GCPD found remarkably easy. I might add, it's all those Wayne cams that they. It's, Bruce is spying on everyone in the <laughs> exposition cam. Like, there's no exposition with, like, how they actually found the lair. It's just, oop, we're here now in this gigantic ice cream factory. Why didn't we look here before? Mm-hmm. And while this is going yeah, the on... One with a massive evil face on it. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't possibly be anything suspect going on there. Pat Hingle, like, com- uh, Commissioner Gordon, is giving yet another exposition dump. Why is he why Because is they he know... Because he's the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no other reason. Yeah, because he's been in the other. Because him t- and Michael Goff have been the only ones that have been in all the movies before. Did so Commandant Lassard go out on cases? <laughs> I think not. Oh, that I'd watch. They couldn't find an Irish actor good enough to play Chief O'Hara. <laughs> uh, is, is what happened. Yeah. Oh, Colin Farrell was not not, not available. available. He was not available. <laughs> no. Do you know? Oh my God, Jesus! Did they miss a trick? Instead of casting Colin Farrell as the Penguin, we could have had Chief O'Hara in Matt Reeves' Batman. Did we miss a trick here? Besides you and me, though, does anyone actually does anyone actually care? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So for the yeah, so for for the for the for the, uh, for the benefit of the listeners, Chief O'Hara was an incredibly stereotypical Irish uh, police officer in the nineteen sixties Batman. Which I think Seamus McFly, but taller. <laughs> If they ever do, if they should do a live action The Long Halloween, but do it like The Untouchables, that would be fantastic. That'd be amazing, absolutely amazing. Like The Long Halloween, hands down, is one of the greatest comic book arcs ever made, and one of the few, like in the recent animated movies that they did, which is so on the money, so good that it was in two parts. Lo- absolutely loved it. We get so right. So we have this whole thing with like Fre- Freezer's broken out of Arkham, and then he and uh, Ivy have got to get like he's got to get because yeah, there was this whole uh, thing that doesn't really get touched on. The he, the the diamonds that he has been stealing have been to create this machine that when he can pl- he can put it into the planetarium and it basically turns the planetarium into a giant freeze gun. Mm. Isn't this eerily similar to another Uma Thurman film? The Avengers. <laughs> I saw that at the cinema. You be... I... Oh. So did I. And you should be grateful because if that was on any streaming services, you would have been watching that shit too. Oof. Shit sandwich, Lee. Shit sandwich. Certainly is. Now, during this, so, so like, got the whole bit, like, you know, like, they pick up, they, they pick up the weapon, they get away. Point, and I, Ivy goes, I'll get your frozen wife. And then, like, kills her. Within that time, literally, they just like we literally cut to the layer that she has set up, and like Freeze has got himself all rigged up there. And one, like I completely forgot about this Audrey Two bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like this nineteen eighties like puppet that may as well have been Uma Thurman's hand up the vase and working the plant like a puppet. <laughs> because that's the because that's the plan. Like they're going to freeze the earth, and then her plants are going to rise as the as the next dominant species or something like that. And while that's going on, while she's giving her own exposition, that's when she turns around and says, "I was too late to save your wife. Batman killed her. You know, Batman, the guy that literally kills no one, 
killed wow. your innocent wife that was you say that workers. but i mean you watch any yeah <laughs> except for, but i mean you watch any any batman film video game whatever that people are not surviving some of that i mean like it doesn't like keaton throw one off a roof in like batman returns pretty sure one of those no he straps a bomb to someone that was fucked up i'll no, give you that like, but like in pretty every... sure he like th- tosses him off a roof during a fight in like one of the first two there's a fight in the there's a fight like, in the bell yeah, tower he and he goes, and he goes down the bell. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh in the bell oh, tower. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh, it's inside Lee, it's fine. Yeah, but Batman has killed, yeah. let's be honest. It's it's not a it's I refuse to believe that that's a thing. But it's out of character for this for this version of the film though, to say that he's he's killed yeah. is, is very much out of character for this one. You can believe it in the others. Even Val Kilmer's, you can believe it. Because it's darker, it's more brooding. This yeah. one, he hasn't killed a fly. This one, he, well, this boot. one, he's got a credit card, so he doesn't need to. He just pays other people to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He just pays pays a very good lawyer. So what? Like while this is happening, so so while Freeze is getting away with the kit, right? And you got the fight between Batman and Robin, and 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 boom, and Poison Ivy's turning up every now and again because she's put in this. Like she's putting the the charm on Batman and Robin and playing them against each other, right? Now, while this is happening, like it's more effective with Robin than it is with Batman. Like he's starting to piece it together. But what got me with this was like Robin's got the whole thing and said, "I want a Robin signal in the skies." Went who? How? How are they going to triage those calls? Mm. How's also, that going to work? You're not thinking this through. The bat signal is a bit like... I mean, you just literally got to be watching for the entire... What if What if they, they're in the shitter? Or like, you know, watching a particularly good TV programme and they're like, oh, shit, how long's that been up? Oh, you've seen Batman Returns. He's got very inconspicuous, gigantic, gigantic mirrors, mirrors that, ref, that reflect the light to wherever he's sitting. <laughs> and Alfred also phones him if he's in the cave and he doesn't notice it. Yeah, it's like, also, just, why not just use the phone? Would it not have been better if this wasn't Dick Grayson but Jason Todd G? Because this is more Jason Todd than Absolutely. Dick Grayson. Or even Damien Wayne, because he's an arsehole as well. He's little shit. <laughs> I mean, if Damien had been written in at that point in the comics, yeah, it would have been great. Like, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Damien Wayne in a movie mm. now. Now that we know like what James Gunn is planning yeah. with DC, I think seeing Damien Wayne on screen could be very yeah. entertaining. But, no, he, but he is so... O'Donnell is playing Jason Todd. I'm sorry. He's not Dick Grayson. Yeah. yeah. But the sad thing is, is that he's playing it very yeah. badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, again, badly executed. Just like Jason Todd. Oh, now, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Lee's looking very blankly. Jason Todd was the Robin that the Joker murdered. Uh... And the public voted for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Character was so unpopular, DC just said, right, we'll give you a 50-50 poll. Do you want him to live or do you want him to die? And it was a unanimous, kill that uh, little shit. a crowbar <laughs> and a bomb. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. brutal. Now, you mentioned about Alfred just now. going to focus back on him a little bit because while this is going on, he is... He's making a CD-ROM for his brother. You know, his brother, who is in a floating court in India, oh, shit. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, how is he getting hold of this, this bowler-hatted man in India who doesn't have a fixed dress? <laughs> or one would imagine 
you know, I mean, granted, this is a huge stereotype for me. I'm generalizing massively. I mean, he's really putting a lot of faith in the fact that he'll have means to read, said CD-ROM. Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe that bowler hat's got a little disc drive in it. <laughs> While this is going, I mean, okay, okay. There's, oh, God. Like, so, like, Alfred literally put all of Bruce Wayne's skeletons on one CD-ROM. And this is the IT engineer in me and thinking cybersecurity and all this jazz. And he sealed it with a three-letter fucking password. <laughs> no, there's no, no glyphs, no capital letters, no hyphens, yep. nothing. No complex passwords. No special characters, nothing. But also, what kind of a pro- program <laughs> just all of a sudden just opens up with every single document all at once in like this... Visual effects show reel using the opening credits icons yeah. of the fucking movie as well. Yeah. Literally opens with the have? opening animation. How, how shit hot was Alfred on the old? He was pretty good with After Effects and like Cinema 4D. Well, he also, was, he yeah. was all over. He's all also over. put his brainwaves in the fucking back computer. Oh yeah, he's got Mac, Max Max Headroom. Yeah, going. Right. Yeah. yeah, Max Headroom. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's a DJ as well. Let's not forget Batman Returns. He's a mean DJ as well. <laughs> Alfred should have been Batman. I want to come back to to to, to Barbara's insane like <sighs> j- like break into the Batcave, but I just want to throw out there right now. But annoyingly, Bane saying bomb lives kind of rent free in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> like it just it just stuck in there, and it just hasn't been able to get out since. But like, why? I, don't, I mean, like we talked about this at the very start of the show, Lee. You mentioned about like where the lift went with the Batmobile on, like. Like that's the way that Barbara came in. Oh yeah, she came. Like she, she went to the cave the below the Batcave. Yeah, she went to the cave where the Batmobile was kept through the lift into the main thing. Incidentally, I want to talk about the the the, the Batcave layout for this because, like, do, do you remember like right at the very start of the movie when like like he, like like Bruce and Alfred are having this very long heart to heart and they're walking through a long ass corridor where the door to the Cave is wide open. <laughs> Let's not forget he let what? he let Vicky Vale in. That he should have been sacked. For, oh, come on, <laughs> this is probably Alfred number five. He clones them and he he fucks that. He murders them. I did actually write down in my notes. I just went. Remember CD ROMs? <laughs> wow. In Carter, in Carter Encyclopedia at oh. lunchtime. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-internet days. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we have this whole thing, you said, like this whole Max Headroom thing with, with Alfred, who was able to program his, his, his mind into the Bat computer in the thought that one day Barbara would find her way down there? He's the true mastermind behind all of this, really, isn't he, Alfred? It's just... Bruce Wayne's just a patsy I mean, for him, like he's just a vessel, just the face. Well, because he's the one yeah. that created, the, he creates the suit for Barbara. He took the liberty on the off chance yeah. that she and keep in mind found it. He hasn't seen her for years. When did he take those measurements? Yes. How did he know that she was going to be there? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> It is like, 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 granted, that is a question that you ask yourself about this entire uh, movie. I'll go you on her. If he's in the, if he's in the computer, the back gate, he's watching her get changed. That's wrong. Mm. Come on. Yeah. So, well, okay. Omniscient yeah. Let's let's, let's talk about 
Well, let's talk about Rong for a second, because that's when we get to the third costume change of this oh, movie. God. Oh, God. No. Now, no. okay, I'm going to try and be as tactful about this as I possibly can. It was almost as though they just went, okay, we've had two movies and three crotch shots of three dudes, and it was almost as though they thought this was going to level the playing field, but what they didn't realize was that wasn't okay with the dudes that they did it with, let alone, like, this wasn't, like, you've you've gone the other end of right here. You've gone so <laughs> far off the scale, it's quite terrifying. This, like, this doesn't even the playing field. It goes so much worse. Yeah, it sort of lingers a bit too long and feels a bit too thirsty for my tastes. It is, it is a lot. I've just, I've just had a thought, though. Did, was Edgar Wright influenced by this with a lot of his, like, quick cut type editing? Because there's a bit of that in that. It's music video, though, isn't it? It's chuck scenes. Uh, it's Michael yeah, Bay's the same. Yeah. It, yeah. No, we, they should have prepared no, this. Michael, Michael Bay's Bay. 360 cameras. <laughs> yeah. Right. And explosions. And sunset. <laughs> sunset. It's sunsetting all the time. It's forever sunset. Perpetual sunset with, with Michael Bay. Nothing ever happens in the middle of the day. So, I mean, we're, we're, like, we're just about to get into some, some really heavy innuendo scenes here when we go to Poison Ivy's layer oh jesus yeah the garden needs tending. Uh, yeah you just remember this bit. um what's the other ones i can't remember garden needs tending is the is your thumb the only part of you that's green yeah. um i need a sign how about slippery oh, when wet yeah oh, <laughs> other bon jovi albums are available listeners <laughs> <laughs> It really kind of breaks my heart a little bit when I think, like, this... Alicia Silverson's doing the best with what she's given in this movie, as all of them are, let's be <laughs> fair. But this is the only on-screen version of this character that has existed in motion pictures from that point, even on TV from that point, this is the only version that has been in, uh, that has been in movies. Unfortunately, unless it gets spectacularly binned off by Warner Brothers, uh, which... This like this year, I don't know if any of you are aware of this. Like there was a movie, there was a Batgirl movie that was going to be coming out. Oh, wasn't it like almost done? Like with Keaton. Keaton it was. Fi- it was finished. Over. It was like ninety five percent done. Yeah, it was in post, wasn't it? That's wild that they won't just release it then. Yeah, they had all principal photography because they don't feel they they will get the money back from the from the sales. It, it went to Mad. viewing. They get a bigger they. Yeah, they get a bigger money back from tax write-off than they do taking the chance on it. It's part of that whole nonsense when Warner's got taken over Uh, in the merger, and it was and they went batshit crazy for five minutes. They just didn't think they would make money back, and they weren't confident in it. That's wild that you're making it a tax write-off will gain you more than you think your box office will. Jesus. I was into it as well. Like, like, like I thought, like Leslie Grace, who was playing Barbara in it, playing Batgirl. Like, there were some photos released of the of the suit. Mm. It's more of a recent take from the from the recent comics over the last few years. Sort of her kind of like coming of age, college, and getting to grips. So it's yeah. a more kind of like DIY costume that she's put together. Yeah, that that's a cool costume. It looks great, and, and and like the shots that she released of it looked great. And the fact that it was in the realm of Keaton's. Batman as this kind of like overarching mentor as well I was into it sounded really great and Warner Brothers just went nah which is why like my 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 patience for that distribution now has grown very very wary 
because it's had too much trouble making up its mind what it wants to try and do. And I, I just kind of got a bit phased out with it, really. But I want to get back to this a sec, because like as we see Batgirl crash through the glass and has what felt like a 20-minute feminist rant <laughs> at Poison Ivy. It's a proper monologue, isn't it? But interestingly, her action figures have her in a cowl, where in the film she has like flowing locks. She does have a cowl at one point. Uh, when she's on like the the bike, yeah, it then she does... takes she makes a point of taking it off. Yeah, it does get removed, but yeah, I think they changed their mind with the costume, and obviously the toys they have to go prototype. Yeah, well, so it, yeah. I think they changed it. I think it was changed at the last minute. Well, it's 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 interesting. Actually, I'll get to that in just a sec because we're going to do that. But but like one thing that got me, I mean, like Lee, like, like you touched on this earlier when you're saying about you, you know they joked about yes, yep, yeah, yeah. she knows that we're Batman and Robin. Guess we'll have to kill her. Like, do they genuinely not know that it's her, <laughs> or that their their disguises are not really that efficient <laughs> at disguising her? Yeah. By that logic, if if any of us take our glasses off, Ollie will not recognise us. Well, no, you turn into Superman if you take your glasses off. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must go. My people need me. <gasps> Who's this? Q John oh. Williams. <laughs> go, like going back to these costume changes. Of course, like the city is completely frozen at this stage. Uh, everyone oh, yeah, has the, about like fifteen minutes to live. But yeah, oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. The overarching plot where Freeze has now got to the planetarium, turned the telescope into a giant freeze ray, frozen the entire city. Uh, they've they've they have like telegraphed this for for nearly two hours now that you have like 15 minutes to thaw 11, people or they 11 minutes 11 minutes sorry you did pay attention <laughs> just before i fell asleep yeah, yeah. this was about the point i nodded <laughs> off he did so now, well you, you know the city's the city's been frozen to death but by all means you go ahead and change your suits before you find yeah. new vehicles that you clearly had to get to back from the bat yeah. cave to get the, the, you know the the bat hovercraft ice skate boot thing that is pointless because <laughs> you know you can just ride a well, bike is... on that ice as, as batgirl proves yeah or batwoman so stupid batgirl. but like like but like what got me like they get to the planetarium and they see that like the the the, the mirrors on the telescope are frozen mm. right now do you remember the solution that they come up with? The laser beam. They said, like, we could reposition the satellites to do this, that, and the other and bounce the sun off everything. I said, oh, yeah, but it's the middle of the night. You go, yeah, but in the Congo, it's breakfast time. What in the fucking name of Michael Crichton? How does Robin know that it's breakfast time in the Congo? What the living shit did I witness there? Maybe he's just a really big fan of the Congo. Oh, my God. I mean, just... It's, it's a random c- place you know, to say. So- like, you could have said, oh, you know, in Australia, it's daytime or whatever it would have made you know that would make sense that he would know that because it's a fairly obvious thing right <laughs> the congo is a very weird weird thing what an odd yeah. thing to say <laughs> <laughs> like this oh god this this version of bane just angered me so much it made me so cross there is one thing that i was thinking about like when i was watching like towards the end i suddenly realized like i'm not 100 percent sure if, is victor freeze in the end that the hero of this movie he has redemption, doesn't he? To an extent, yeah, redemption he has a arc. huge redemption arc, and like again, uh, a fantastic like almost closing line for him. Take two, do with these, and call me in the morning. Yeah, uh, right. So, so, so this is like one of the last notes I actually wrote with this, and this puzzled me beyond belief. So, his wife has been like 
it, like, like in carbonite <laughs> until he finds a cure for, for stage four McGregor syndrome, right? So why is he walking around with two vials oh, of stage one cure? In his arm, yeah. In his arm. Well, contrivance, clearly, but like, yeah, it's no other yeah. logic. Has the script, such as it was, said so. Why, why does he say, go to my lair and find it in this drawer? Take two of these, call me in the morning. Mad. Absolutely crazy. But look, like, also, I, like, part of me was just thinking, I'm not 100% sure if these bits, like, with the new suits that they had, I don't know if that was reshoots. Probably. Toys. Or if they changed concept, like, halfway through, because if you notice, when they're back at the mansion and they're giving the cure to Alfred... Robin's in his red and black suit. Yeah. So he's had yet another change, which I actually really like that suit. I mean, Day will get this reference to that suit anyway. But mm. the idea of it is that, like, the design of that is Nightwing, which is who Dick Grayson yeah. grows up to become. And it's the same, like, like, that is the Nightwing design. Well, I think he was rumoured to then go on to do a, a film, wasn't yeah. it, or a series. Yeah, they were going to spin him which off. Which then got completely, like, trashed because of the outcome of this film. Yep. That and Superman Lives. Yeah. yeah. With Nick Cage. Yeah, we got cheated out of Nick Cage. Oh, God. With a, with, with a Superman costume that had lightning on the symbol. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still curious to this day how that would have got, because wasn't there, wasn't there a documentary about that? Some footage, isn't there, of him like screen testing or something with the in the suit? Yeah. No, I, I know the documentary on about, um, I can't remember what, what, what it's on now, but I have seen it, and it, yeah, because a lot of the... Um, they wanted a giant mechanical spider in it and it ended up in Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Wiki wiki, Wild Wild West. So we have, like, after all of that, Alfred's alive again, Gotham is safe, and thank he Christ. He recovers quickly, overnight. He doesn't, he just... I think he just wanted a day off. All I can say is, thank Christ for that, that is the film. I mean, there could have been so much more to talk about, but let's be let's let's be fair. It doesn't amount to shit. There's only so much lemon I can take. Oh god, it was it was a full on citrus barrage. I had to, so yeah. I nodded off about the start of the uh, observatory fight. Woke up just as Alfred recovered, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" Now I need to rewind it. Turns out I'd only been asleep for maybe ten minutes. I thought maybe I'd missed like half an hour. <laughs> then I rewound it. I was like, oh, it was literally ten minutes. Okay, fine. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, scores of this. I mean, I talked about this last episode. Uh, this movie had a critic score of 12%, making it the <laughs> lowest movie we have talked about so far. Oof. And an audience score of 16%. <laughs> it's generous. Yeah. Everyone very much on the same page with this one. Budget for the movie was an estimated $125 million. Fucking hell. Yep. Most that way in Arnie's back pocket. <laughs> mm. Mm, yep. Uh, it had an opening weekend box office of... Just under 43 million, which knocked Speed 2 Cruise Control off the number one spot that weekend. The overall domestic box office for that movie was $107 million. Ooh. It made a horrendous loss. Less than 10 years between this and The Dark Knight, right? Batman Begins, sorry. Uh, ye- just, yeah. So this mm. was 1997. Batman Begins was 2005. Yeah. Okay. How things change in eight years. Absolutely. Like, it's it's so vast, not just in terms of, like, production value, but just in terms of... Tone. How, yeah, just, 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 just how you structure that story and how just, just neat. It's just a lot more tighter in terms of that storytelling. It's like you said that George Cooney will give anyone a refund that says they've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us some refund? <laughs> Kevin Feige has also said 
they should be grateful for this stopped everybody making and made people go right we need to do this properly and respect the source material yeah uh get proper story in place but but we still had daredevil and fantastic four prior to the mcu and dark knight you know what rise of silver surfer ain't that bad you go back and watch it again it's not that bad (laughs) no <laughs> no, thank uh, you. Hey, you think this is bad? If you would think this is bad. Wait, if, wait till we get. If if no one else picks it, oh good god, I'm gonna get my revenge on you, boy. <laughs> you, if no one else picks it, this what I've got will be the lowest rated film we've ever done. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I believe it's at two percent or one percent. But we've I believe. we've already done Star Crash though, day. <laughs> <laughs> one of two films I've walked out of. In my life. Wow. <laughs> Bring it on, you beast. That's for another time, though. <laughs> yeah, well, right now, I want to talk about some like-minded individuals in one-star reviews. <laughs> Incidentally, was only 8% of Amazon. <laughs> 8%, that's it. First one was George Clooney was like the nodding dog from Churchill Insurance with his incessant nodding. <laughs> Alicia and Chris needed to get a room and get it over with. Arnie and Uma, free money ticket. Pretty fair, I thought. Another one that I found was, uh, this is only worth buying for the wealth of fan commentaries to be found on YouTube for, you know, free. I felt seen. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, for one-star reviews, part of me wonders whether buying this on Blu-ray might be an investment for the future, because in a hundred years' time, when they're wanting to see the worst film ever made in HD, you could be the only person on the planet with a copy. <laughs> and lastly, the five-star reviews, which was 59% on Amazon. Who are these crazies? Wait, what? Yes, you heard me right. 59% <sighs> of reviews on Amazon were five-star. Gotta be ironic, right? Well, let me show you the ones that I've just found, and oh God. you'll make up your own okay. mind about that. First one was... It's a special treat for DC fans, exclamation mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's an epic, legendary Batman and Robin movie I've ever seen. The reason why I paused is because they've actually put a comma in there. (laughs) It still doesn't make sense grammatically. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) 10 out of 10, five stars. Now, these three are just, just ridiculous. First one is, DVD was good price, arrived quickly. That's the basis of their five-star review. I love ones like that. It's like not, not grading the thing. <laughs> they needed a coaster yeah. in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> Coasters are plenty. Like it just praises the delivery and not, not the actual product. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Next one was, spectacular and a true Batman fans will enjoy. <laughs> and my favourite one, which just about summed up the five-star reviews, was someone put, it was okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Five stars. Um, I mean, just to wrap things up quickly in terms of recommendations, I'm simply going to say, fuck no. Um, no. No. Um, I don't know how many more times I can say that in, in, in one go. We can probably say it for you as well, so mm. no. Yeah, I think we'll get... Yeah, I think I, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Ultimately, I would say if you're going to watch any Schumachers, you need to stop at Batman Forever. Do not go any further. You have been warned. We've done this for the sake of entertainment. And there's only about seven of you out there that are listening. We're doing this for you. We're suffering. We shouldn't have done this. I regret it. We, we should probably say that we are trained professionals and to not try this at home. 
Absolutely. <laughs> We've had years of experience of observing this kind of stuff. We're hardened to it. <laughs> You're jaded. <laughs> we, we grew up with this shit. You do, like you don't have to encounter it for the first time. That's all we had. Yeah, we absolutely. Had. Some scarring the shit. Da- damaged goods. It's... Lee, ha- like, I mean, I think I know how this is going to go, but I'm curious on an individual basis. Lee. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, can't wait to watch it again. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those that I will quite quickly forget about. Given that I only watched it about six hours ago, I've already forgotten quite a lot of it. Ollie, because we've we've been talking about this a fair bit this week, haven't we? And you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just just that it's all like a, a mangled heap of a film, isn't it? It's there are yeah. it's it lightly. On, when you look at it on paper you think it could be absolutely fantastic and some like really like interesting casting with George Clooney as Batman, you know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't really the name that he is, is now. So he had like the potential and, you know, people didn't have really great words for Michael Keaton when he was announced as Batman, but you know, he, he sits, well, I think he sits at the top, you know, of, of the pantheon of of the Batmans that have have been, yeah. So he had the potential to be there, and you know, if we go off the back of Batman Forever, we had some really like caricature characters, caricature characters, caricature performances with Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey, and it spilled over into this. But it just it just fell very flat. Flat. I think what didn't help is that the storyline was was almost a shadow of Batman Forever as well. It, it played on very much the same kind of tropes. It, it was very th- thematic in the same way. You had, you know, the two two villains. They wanted to conquer the city a- again with some, you know, this is a literal kind of like ice gun. You know, the, the TV radio waves isn't too yeah. dissimilar. But I think that whole thing is overshadowed by the fact that like at least with batman forever you had that single point of what they were trying to do and that was telegraphed really early on and you saw that plan come to fruition whereas the whole thing about freezing gotham is kind of like a bit of a flash in the pan and then there's just about like 20 25 minutes worth of exposition and innuendos thrown into it and then you just kind of like you lose the thread of what plot they should have been giving you in the first place and then about 15 minutes towards the end you just go oh yeah that's what was happening and it's too late yeah it's just he just goes out for for revenge and there's not enough of the manipulation by poison ivy because that would have been really interesting you know her manipulating freeze but no it was it's 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 just overall it's just a dire film and it's got no re- redeeming <laughs> features whatsoever. I, you know, yeah. generally I can find the good in a film. I can find something entertaining. It's just that I think, un- unfortunately, it had a, a good set of films prior to it, and it did it didn't like round off the anthology. It just it just killed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't skyrocket yeah. it w- when it could have done. We've done it. We've done it. I managed to find a movie that Ollie didn't find any redeemable <laughs> features in, and this man. <laughs> Owns Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Damien? I have a <coughs> statement. <laughs> a, quote from, a quote from Sir William Hicks. The Supreme Court says pornography is anything without artistic merit. That's it. 
This is no artistic merit. It is shite. Do not. Do not. Do, watch anything else with Batman in it apart from this. Don't do it to yourself. Uh, I hope never to cast my eyes on this film ever again. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, I think it's time to tease you with a little bit more of what's to come. Oh, God. So, April's coming around the corner. It's April Fool's. It's a good one, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it could be seen as funny. I mean, it was certainly intended as funny when it first came out. I don't know if it's going to be funny again through the, through the, through the lens of time. So, firstly, the lead character in this was initially turned down by Canada's own Rick Moranis. The character would lead to be a breakout role for the person eventually cast in the role. And lastly, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, might be one of the most controversial movies yet by modern standards that we have talked about on this show. So, next episode, we will be putting under the microscope Ace... Ventura. Holy shit. Oh. Pet detective. That's less than 60% on Ron's eyes. Less than 60%. I, I kind of get it for critic score, but surely audience score. That's quite a beloved film. Yeah, but we don't do it. We don't do it by audience score, do we? No, no, true. Yeah, there are some films I'm astounded by that are on there. Do you want to do you okay. want to know what the do you want to know what the Rotten Tomatoes for, for it was? Go on then. 48%. Oh, that's that's higher than I was expecting. Then that that in when when it was below sixty, I was thinking like you know it was like twenty or something. But yeah, no, forty eight percent was the critic score for Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. That film was huge. It's definitely not aged right. I mean, that's let's, let's not uh, bury the lead here. Absolutely right? not, <laughs> listeners. If you want to watch along and be shocked with the rest of us, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective is available streaming on Netflix at present, and we will be getting together again very soon to watch that. What are you? What are your initial thoughts of that, guys? Actually, as a as a as a quick round table, I'm excited. Mm. I yes. I actually enjoy that film, like for better or worse. I know it's not aged great, but other other than the sort of touchy subject, I think it's you know the comedy's still there. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a good three or so years, so it'd be good to sit and shake the cobwebs. I don't think I've seen it since I saw it at the cinema. To be fair, wow. Maybe in like snippets and clips, but I've never sat down and watched yeah, the entire. Yeah, yeah, I'd be the yeah. same. Several years, like at minimum ten. I may watch the sequel, the second one, a couple more times. Shaka, shaka. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of movies that have not aged very well, yeah. yeah. Holy shit! But I know it was a cinema, cinema viewing. What the first one? Yeah, I want to. Really? I think I, I didn't. Yeah. But let's, well, we should, we're already yeah. talking about it before. That's true. That is true. Yeah, we will get into that very, very soon. And so, hopefully, I'm glad that everyone has stuck with me after this one, because this was, this was, this was a tough one. <laughs> this will be I, my last appearance on I was, the I was very therapy worried. bill is incoming. <laughs> I was worried I was going to be the only one here tonight, just ran. <laughs> Struggling to talk about this movie. Wow, <laughs> with all the tech problems, you nearly were, weren't you? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> hey, we got there. So, on that note, I think that's about time to start wrapping things up. So, firstly, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me this evening to talk about this dumpster fire of a movie. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Slash fuck you. And listeners, thank you for taking the time out to listen to this little nostalgic trip for us. We hope you join us again for the next episode very soon. Until next time, end of line. Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. Allow me to break the ice. You are not sending me to the cooler. Freeze well. What killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. Stay cool, bird boy. Let's kick some ice. Show some mercy. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. All right, everyone. Chill. It's a cold town. Cool party. (laughs) Can you be cold, Batman? Chill. To perfection. Revenge is a dish best of cold. Winter has come at last. <laughs> <laughs>